You know, I was at the card store the other day and uh, looking for some sympathy cards, but you know what I didn't notice there? Happy New Year cards. Usually they have greeting cards that say Happy New Year, but they, I guess they don't have them so much anymore. But when I checked my email, I had hundreds of Happy New Year greetings and salutations and these little pictures and little things splurting off into the screen and little sparkly things that said Happy New Year and, and all of this stuff. And I thought, man, hundreds of thousands of emails tossed out all over the United States wishing friends and loved ones Happy New Year. New Year? Is it really a new year? While thousands shouted Happy New Year, many of them only awakened to the same old burdens they had the day before. The same problems they had the day before. They, they woke up to those same things. For many, instead of Happy New Year, they woke up with hangovers. It's true. I guess people think that when it's a new year, you're supposed to load up. I can't figure that one out. I know that when we were talking about Happy New Year at our house, I said, it's 930. It's time for me to turn in. My wife was like, why aren't you going to stay up and watch the ball drop? I said, I've seen it before. She said, but not in, not in 2022. I said, it's the same ball they had the year last year, the year before, and the year before that, and it fell the same way. I don't expect anything significant is going to happen when it drops this year. So, you know what? When I wake up in the morning at 4.30, because I know that's what's going to happen, I'll turn the news on, and I'll just get to see a replay. So there you go. I saw a drop in 2022. Just happened to be six, you know, 4.30 in the morning as opposed to midnight. There's no magic hour at midnight that suddenly ushers in utopia. Although people think so. But my question this morning is this. What makes a happy new year? What makes... A happy new year. If you got your Bibles and you turn with me to John chapter 3 and verse 3. And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter in a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What did Nicodemus know about the kingdom? From the Bible, he knew he, it would be ruled by God. 
it would be restored on earth and it would incorporate God's people. Jesus revealed about the devout prophecy. He, he, he shared all of this. But what we see here, what makes a happy new year is a, is a necessity of new birth. Many have dreamed of the opportunity of starting over again. And some people say, well, it's 2022. I can, I can start over. We can make everything fresh. Everything's new. But you know, a lot of people don't think about what the new birth is not. It's not baptism. It's not reformation. The new birth takes place upon everyone who receives Christ by faith. Matter of fact, John tells us in 1.12, but as many as received him to give him, to give he power to become sons of God, even to them who believe on his name. And he goes on to say in 3.16, and all of you know it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, I believe that the new birth is essential to our new year, to our new walk. What makes a happy new year? A new walk with Jesus Christ. Amen. Coming to him, laying down your life before him. You know, let's forget about what happened in 2021. Because there's nothing in 2021 you can change. It's gone. I once said to somebody about, Ben, I don't know where yesterday went. It just went so fast. And they said it went into the past. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I understand that. But the emphasis was, there's nothing I can change about what happened. If you've ever been pulled over by a policeman and given a ticket, you can't change that. I know, because I just got one. Oh, yes. New Year's Eve. Racing down Forest Hill like a madman. Only to see lights behind me. I pull over. Officer gets out of his car and he comes up. Says, Can I see your license and registration? He said, do you know why I stopped you? I said, I was speeding. He said, oh, well, that's great that you take ownership of what you've done. And I had the radio on. I was listening to Charles Stanley. Now, that's good, isn't it? <laughs> and you know what he said? He said, yeah. he said, is that Charles Stanley you're listening to? And I said, yeah. And he went back to his car, comes back with this long piece of white paper. Made my stomach turn. And he said, well, Mr. David Allen Murphy, I hope you have a happy new year. And I'm thinking, it ain't going to be very happy. I've got to pay a ticket. He said, today is your lucky day. I'm just going to give you a, a souvenir. That's what he called it, a souvenir. 
I'm thinking, how could a ticket be a souvenir? Because at the top of the ticket, it said warning. So God showed me favor because of my stupidity. And he gave me a warning. And he said, anybody listening to Charles Stanley on the radio can't be too bad of a person. And he walked away. And I'm thinking, Jesus, I meant to turn it off. As soon as he was walking up, I meant to turn the radio off. And I didn't. I didn't turn it off. And he was talking about, he was talking about the interruptions of your life. And it made me catch focus on what he was talking about. You see, the other thing that helps us to have a happy new year is a new walk. You see, all of us need a daily walk. Our, our walk needs to be new every day. Every morning we wake up, we're given an opportunity now to share the gospel with the world. We've been given a, another opportunity to take advantage of the opportunities that will come our way to share with people about Jesus. If you go to Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, I think that's what I marked out for me. Did I say Romans? I did say Romans, right? Yeah. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ, we raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. You see, the church in Paul's day, immersion was the unusual form of baptism. That's, that is, new Christians were completely buried in water. They understood baptism symbolized the death and the burial of the old way of life coming to the new way of life. And it still represents that today. But we should have a newness in our walk every day. We should die to Christ every day. There's no one more miserable than a believer who doesn't live right. I've, I've struggled with people who come and they talk to me about their walk. And they, one particular young man <laughs> that I've been dealing with says, he's married. He has a girlfriend. And another young lady he's seeing is an investment broker. But he's so happy that he goes to church. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with this whole picture? And I said, you can't live like that. And he said, well, me and my wife are going to get a divorce. I said, but you're still married. Do you live with her? Oh, yeah, I live with her and her mother-in-law, my mother-in-law. And I said, and you got a girlfriend and you're still alive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he 
I don't understand, he says. And you know what I said to him? I don't have to understand. I said, but how are you going to get God to understand? Well, what do you mean? God loves all of us. I said, he does, but he hates the sin. Well, it's not really sin. I said, well, then how, how would you classify this, I asked. He said, well, it's just kind of a little bump in the road. I asked Christ to forgive me, and he's forgiven me. I said, but, but you keep doing the same sin over and over. No, no, I only did it once. I still have the same girlfriend. And I'm, my mind is like shook. I'm trying to come to reality and understand what I don't understand. I guess because it's the same sin, it's only one sin. I told him the rapture is going to happen soon. I said, I can't wait to see who's going to heaven, your girlfriend or your wife. And he said, well, what about me? I said, well, that's a 50-50. We'll have to toss a coin on that one. He said, well, why? I said, because I want to see if that forgiveness really works on the same sin over and over and over and over and over again. But it's one sin. What did Christ say about sin? Sin separates us from the love of God. And when I pointed that out to him, it was like somebody turned the light bulb on. I said, if it's one sin, one continuous sin, it still separates you from God. He wouldn't talk to me anymore because I can't understand. I must have never gone through a situation like his. And I said, thank you, Jesus, I've never gone through a situation like yours. You see, there is a contrast between the old and the new. We were all sinners in our life. None of us were born sinless. We were all born into sin. We had a sinful life. And when we came to Christ, what did we do? We changed that sinful life for a new life, for a new walk with our Lord and our Savior. And so what have we said? We want God to keep us on the straight and narrow. We want God to help us, to move us forward. And when we move forward, what happens? Things continue to happen. You see... Just because you have a walk with God doesn't mean that you're not going to stumble. Doesn't mean you're not going to have hard times or rough situations. They're going to happen. But it's how you handle those situations. It's what we do with those situations. When you have a new walk with God, you're a new creature in Christ, you, you begin to look to Him to solve the problems instead of those around you to solve your problems. Right? And that's where I'm at. I, I want God to solve my problems. You see, the difference between day and night in Romans 13, 11 through 13, 14, he says, and knowing that the time, that now it is high time to awake out of your sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we believed. The night is far spent. 
The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. God is, gee, we're, we're told here, now, now we need to put on the armor of God. Because it's the armor of God that helps deflect all those things that come our way that continue to cause problems for us. So we need to put on the armor. Let us walk honestly as in the day and not in rioting and drunkenness, not in cumber, not in all these things that cause perversion. You see, church, we need to walk in his light. We need to walk in the path that Jesus has laid before us and, and stop trying to walk in the path that man starts to lay before us. Because man cannot save you. Man has not died for you. Only Christ has died for you. We must practice the new walk. We must feed the new man. Matter of fact, Peter tells us in 2 Peter 2, 1 and 3, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as they were shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their ways. You see, I believe... When we have church, that's why I tell you, open your Bible to this passage that we read. Because I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to take God's word for it. And I want you to see what he has to say, not what I have to say. But there are many that go to churches today, and, 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 and not just today, but yesterday and, and in the future, and they'll go without their Bibles, and they're going to believe everything that they hear. They, you know why? Because they're just looking for a tingling ear. They're looking for a happy, feel-good message, something that's going to encourage them. We're not going to talk about the cross. We're not going to talk about sin. We're not going to talk about the blood of Christ because those things can be a little discouraging. But we're only going to talk about the things that edify and lift up and build up. And let's not talk about those other things. But it's those other things that teach us as Christians to walk in the newness of Jesus Christ. It's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's because of the cross. that we walk in the newness of life. You see, church, that's why we have to talk about this. That's why we have to talk about sin. People don't like to talk about sin because it kind of dredges up those things that they've done that they don't feel good about. And they know it was wrong. And who's that guy up there in the pulpit to tell me about my sins? What does he know about what I've done? What does he know whether it's really sin or not? They know it's sin because the Holy Spirit convicts. You ever done something wrong and all of a sudden just this quick thing within you, you, you all of a sudden know you did wrong. I mean, you have a very uncomfortable feeling maybe, or maybe you're like, oh, oh man, I got to make this right right away. Or... 
oh, I don't feel good about this. You have, you have those feelings like that. And it's the Holy Spirit convicting you, letting you know, look, you need to fix this. This isn't right. You see, to practice the new walk, you must reckon yourself dead with Christ and be alive with him. You see, we have to die to Christ. You know, I've, I've read a lot of devotionals that come my way almost every day. I would say every day. And a lot of times there's a key verse that, that's shared with me almost every day. And it reminds me that I need to die to self. I need to die to self. I need to reckon with Christ. I need to, I need to make sure things are right. Is that an easy thing to do? Not always. Because, see, for the Christian, it should be a natural thing to do, to die to self, to reckon with Christ. It, it should be the most comfortable, the most easiest thing we do. But yet some people who profess to be Christian, they say it's the hardest thing they've ever gone through. It, they struggle with it every day. Well, then, then it tells me then everything isn't cleaned up. There's more work to be done. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, it says, Brother, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the prize of the, whole, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You see, Paul had reason to feel sorrow about the past. He held the coats of those who had been stoned. Stephen, and the first, the first Christian martyr. Paul is called here Saul. But we have all done these things which we are ashamed and we all live with tension of those things. You see, I think if we want to have a happy new year, we need to set new goals. I don't believe in setting these things. They, what do they call those things? Thank you. Resolution. Because do they really work? You see, about 10 years ago, I set forth the resolution that I was going to get to my high school age weight. It still hasn't worked. If you haven't noticed, I've given up on that. Paul talks about the things of the past. He talks about his past goals. What, what were your past goals that weren't reached? And did you set those goals in line with Jesus Christ? Or did you set those goals in line with self? You see, it makes all the difference in the world. You see, when you promise Jesus that you're going to do something, how many in here strive wholeheartedly to make it happen when you make that promise? I do. If I tell Jesus I'm going to do something, I want to follow through. I don't want my Savior to look at me and say, hey, he did it again. I knew this wasn't going to happen. No big surprise. 
But when Paul began to look back at his past sins and his failures, he also looked at his past victories. See, I, look, I like looking back at our past victories. I like looking at some of you in this room and seeing where Jesus has touched you, he's healed you, he's, he's made you well, he's, he's brought you through some very difficult times. Paul was willing to forget all that hindered him in his life for Christ. You see, I think we need to do the same thing. I think we need to look at our past failures. I think we need to examine ourselves and say, what am I doing for Christ? What am I doing for the things that he has set for me to do? Where am I at in my walk? Where am I at in my walk? Yeah, you see, I think if we begin to self-examine where we are in our walk with Christ. I think when you begin to look at the new year, you'll say, I want to do better this year than I did last year. How many have said that? To, you know, I'll be honest with you. I woke up New Year's Day and I said, you know, Lord, I want to do better this year than I did last year. I'm not talking about financial gain. I'm not talking about having new things. I'm talking about my walk with him. I want to have a stronger walk with him this year than I had last year. I want to be having more time in my devotions this year than I had last year. I want to spend more time hearing from Jesus this year than I did last year. You see, my goal is to become more like him, to walk in his steps. And in walking, saying, now be careful here when you say I want to walk in Jesus' steps. I want to walk the way he wants me to walk because I'm going to tell you what, it's not going to be easy. Don't think it's going to be a smooth paved road because that paved road's going to have a sinkhole right in the middle. When you least expect it, you're going to fall right in it. You know how I know that? I got up yesterday and I said, I'm going to walk over to my daughter's house for dinner. Because the girls were sick, they were in their little cubbies, and I didn't feel like I made this big old pot of chili. I mean, it's huge pot. And I wasn't thinking, Chelsea doesn't like chili. Blake don't like chili. Virginia don't like chili. And Sharon don't like chili. The only person in the house like chili is Dave. So I have this big five-quart pot on the stove full of chili. So I had two bowls of chili yesterday. And then, oh, Randy likes chili. And then I got out a little Pyrex glass and I filled it up with chili and put a lid on it. And then I started filling up all these little things about this big around. And I filled them with chili and I was putting them in the freezer. And Virginia, she was waddles out of the room to get some water. And she said, what are you doing with all that chili? I said, I'm going to freeze it. She said, why? We are going to eat it. I said, I'm not freezing it for you. I'm freezing it for me. 
She said, why? I said, because I only make it once a year. I keep forgetting you guys don't like it, so I have enough in here that last me through the cold months. When it's cold, I can pull it out, defrost it, heat it up, put my crackers in it, and have good to go. You ever had chili when it's been frozen and reheated? Oh, it's so good. So good. I mean, I had three pounds of kidney beans, two pounds of chopped up tomatoes, three pounds of hamburger meat. It was good. It was so good. And, and the crackers, they went bot. You, you can't just use any crackers on your chili. They went and bought these little soup crackers, little round things. I said, you got to buy saltine crackers for your chili. You can't use soup crackers. That's for your chicken noodle soup or something. Or your tomato soup, whatever you put in it. You don't put it in chili. You get the big cracker and you crunch it up and you let it go down and it sucks up some of the, oh, it makes it so good. Now I'm going to wait to go home and have chili. Listen. Ask yourself these questions. Do you have a new goal since becoming a Christian? When you became a God-fearing Christian, did you set before yourself new goals for your life? Does that goal have priority in your life? Are you willing to forget about the past in order to reach that new goal? You see, because I believe that Christ has spoken to us, and I believe that as he speaks to you through your devotional life, through your walk with him, I think he sets forth these things so that we will have that walk with him. It's kind of like that chili. It gets better with time. Your walk with Christ gets better as time goes on. It's more seasoned. You become more more of an urgency to want to get closer to him and to walk with him. You want him to be in everything that you do. But there are awful results in neglecting this truth. No new birth equals a lost soul. No new walk equals testimony lost. No new goals only equals no new rewards. You see, because once we leave this earth, we're, we're going to receive rewards. He's gone to prepare a place for us that where he is, so shall we be. You know, this morning, I'm going to have Randy come back to the piano. There's a there's a song. There's a song. I used to hear this song all the time in churches. And it was done based upon a salvation message. And um, I want us to sing this song together. And as we sing this song together, if I can find it. And it's a song, it's an old song. And I think most of you will know this song. 
And the song is called, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. I love that song. Matter of fact, the first time I heard that song is when I came to Jesus Christ for the first time in my life. When I asked Christ to come into my heart and my life, the preacher, as he was preaching, and he said, all of you who want to have a walk with Jesus, I want you to sing, come forth. The song simply says, I have decided to follow Jesus. And if you know the song, I want you to sing it with me. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. You know, when you think of that, when you think of what you just sung, when you think about, I have decided to follow Jesus. The world behind me and the cross before me. How many of us last year have thought just about that? The world behind me and the cross before me. You see, we've allowed the world, we've allowed time to escape. We've allowed the past to go deep into the past, but when we begin to look at it, we begin to start self-examining and saying, where have I made an impact? Where have I made a difference in the world that I have lived in? What have I done to make an impact? You see, all of us have just sang a song where each one of you, I am sure in my heart, have decided to follow Jesus. I'm sure each one of you have said to yourself, I put the world behind me and I put the cross before me. But how many people have we displayed that to in our life this past year? That's impactful. That's impactful. Church, I think if we truly have decided to follow Jesus, we have truly made a a declaration to follow Jesus and not turn back. We have truly made a declaration to put the world behind us and the cross before us and there's no turning back. Then we must take that same proclamation to the world to our homes, to our neighborhoods, to our city, to our county, to our state, 
to our country. They need to know that Jesus is the reason for our walk and only him. And once we've made that decision, we don't turn back. You see, because the world has, has already seen enough of the, the Christians turning their back on Christ, doing great things, and then all of a sudden doing all these sinful things. And, and they've said, well, where's the difference? We, who are truly born again, we, who have said we have decided to follow Jesus, we, who have said we have put the world behind us and the cross before us, that we will not turn back. I pray that this year, as you follow Jesus, that you truly won't turn back. I pray that your walk will be stronger than it's ever been before. Let your, let your new goals be stronger than they were before. Let the dedication to the Lord Jesus be stronger than it's ever been before. Because I'm telling you, we're living in a world that's, we're, we're, losing, we're losing people by the hundreds of thousands to Satan. We know this season, all of us know people who have lost their lives because they had no hope. But I'm telling you, Jesus is our hope. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we have decided to follow you. I thank you, Jesus, this morning that we will start a new life in you. That, Lord, we have decided to follow you. We're dedicating our lives to you today. Lord, I pray this morning that we will make that walk with you. That we won't turn back. That we will give our all to you. In Jesus' name, amen.